0: Never, never. never. You and I have the courage to say to our enemies, there is a price we will not pay, there is a point beyond which they must not advance. Socialists don't like ordinary people choosing, for they might not choose socialism. We cannot afford to be so politically correct anymore. Conservative One with George Christensen. Uh, Don't you love that intro with President Trump saying we can't afford to be so politically incorrect or correct anymore. We can afford to be politically incorrect and we are on this show. Uh, I'm George Christensen, host of Conservative One, the podcast defending traditions and freedoms. And today we've got a great show. I want to introduce our guests and get straight into it. Because I'm talking to two uh, alt media personalities, uh, David Pello from the Good Source, which uh, Conservative One, uh, the podcast is hosted on and powered by, and also Rod Lampert from uh, the Cauldron Pool. So uh, we're doing the wonders of live streaming at the moment, and uh, I'm just bringing, or oh, well, Dave's actually bringing him in. Uh, he's controlling it all from the uh, Good Source bunker today, so uh, <laughs> we're in his hands, uh, ladies and gentlemen. And uh, but it's great to to uh, have you both. Uh, Dave and Rod on uh, this first uh, live stream of uh, Conservative One. Thanks for joining us.
1: Thanks for having me. Thanks for having us on, George. It's been a long time. Don't know what took you so long.
0: That's right. That's right. (laughs) Well, uh, look, as I said, we'll get straight into it. I'm going to start with you, Dave. Can you uh, tell me a little bit about your background and more importantly, about uh, why the good source?
1: Uh, Why the initiative or why the name? (laughs)
0: <laughs> Why? Well, both, let's go through the initiative and and the name's pretty quirky, but cool. So yeah. tell us about all of that.
1: Um, well, my background, uh, look, very, I've got a very, very, um, very blue collar, very diverse background. Um, if you gave me one consistent theme throughout all of my background, it would be uh, sales and marketing. Um, I've done lots of different jobs which didn't involve that. I've been in the army. I've been in the fitness industry. um, I've been in mortgage finance. I've been in plumbing, digging ditches. uh, I've been selling new Holdens. Um, Yeah, I could name others, heaps and heaps and heaps. So lots of experience um, and uh, diverse experiences is what I mean, as opposed to, you know, 10, 20, 30 years uh, of one year's same experience yeah, um, but when I got, um, I, I started just getting involved in politics uh, mm-hmm. gradually, um, accidentally, very much, um, and and then I ended up having some success in in some you know local leadership, running a, a, a state electorate campaign uh, for a very safe Labor seat, um, mm-hmm. being involved in the in the central planning team for a federal electorate campaign. Uh, and then being on the state executive of the Family First Party, a, a minor, um, very conservative party, heavily populated by Christians, and and really strong, classically conservative of policies. Um, and then I basically saw through so much <clears throat> intimate um, involvement with the details of executing. Um, political influence of just how unengaged voters were generally, how uninterested mm-hmm. they were, especially people like me, people who went to my type of church. And, you know, we're not typically very nominal. We're, we're typically very passionate about our faith. Very, uh, It's a, it's a seven-day-a-week kind of um, life-changing thing. Uh, and and yet, for some reason, it has very little impact on our political uh, influence. And that yeah. became really starkly aware to me um, at the, I think the second last federal campaign, when uh, it really I really contrasted the lack of activity, the lack of uh, interest from Christians with those religious people who'd passed by the Good Samaritan in Jesus's parable of of that name, the Good Samaritan. Sorry, they didn't pass by the Good Samaritan. They passed by the guy who was beaten up and in a lot of desperate need. Um, But it was a stranger um, from the neighbouring region of Samaria who invested his time, invested his effort, invested his money, and he took a long-term interest in meeting the needs of a neighbour he'd never met before and um it was a complete stranger and that to me spoke of of the the demonstration of love it is to be involved in politics and care about 25 million other people besides yourself to not be bought by pork barreling um, and to not be flippant um with you know case or whatever my vote doesn't count but to actually get in there and do the best you can to change the fortunes and fates of the most vulnerable the the most at risk and the most exploited um in our nation um and so that's how i got involved in
0: politics so where does the good source come into that
1: well um when i when i saw how unengaged people were i essentially thought look handing out flyers and begging them to join a party isn't working they they actually don't have enough information to make a good decision Uh, and so information is the business that the good source is in. Um, and and so I think it's now close to four years ago, I, I pretty much started thinking I need to start educating people like me, not in a condescending way, but in sharing what I'd learned on the inside um, and sharing what I knew about how that matches up with Christian ethics of loving your neighbor and not doing it for yourself or for power uh, but for others, um, sacrificially, despite what you might want for yourself, and so educating people in both of those. But, you know, on the other hand, educating people who aren't like me and don't know anything about the Bible or about God, um, there's an ability to lead them from evidence back to biblical truth. Um, When those two things are in perfect concert and agreement, you don't have to be a believer to do the right thing. Like, surely all of us know you shall not murder Um, Mm. And there's really good evidence for that in anthropology and sociology and history uh, across religions, across jurisdictions and legal traditions. Um, Whether you believe in the God of Exodus or not, you agree with the sixth commandment, you shall not murder. Um, And so Mm. there's lots of good policies and laws which we can advocate uh, if we just examine the evidence, the data, the logic the reason, the history, the sciences, all of these things. And honestly, I'm prepared to change my mind if if quality science and quality arguments contradict the word of God. And I have extreme confidence that it won't, uh, because I think yeah. good information actually comes from there. But I'm prepared to be intellectually honest about that discussion and debate. And so the good source is a uh, an evolution and a growth in the way I started for the first three years, I just started by myself with my own platform called Pillow Talk and and Channel, and I've been speaking in uh, lots of of non Christian uh, seminars and and meetings and the occasional church pulpit and and Christian meeting. I started an annual Christian conference to to teach, you know, these truths and to help people just get more informed and more involved in helping their neighbours, being church, and making the church nation better. State. Thank you. Yeah, that's the Church and State Summit. Uh, held in the last weekend of February every year in Brisbane, website by the same name, churchandstate.com.au. And um, and the good source is now the current stage of that growth where uh, one voice isn't enough, but let's add as many voices as possible, give them videos, mm-hmm. give them podcasts, um, give them a platform to actually speak like yours. Uh, just it doesn't need to be about religion. It doesn't need to exclude religion but it just needs to advocate good policy, good philosophy, and allow room for disagreement.
0: Yeah. Let's uh, go to Rod. Um, Rod, uh, can you tell me a little bit about your background and um, how the Cauldron Pool came into being? And tell us a little bit about what Cauldron Pool is about.
2: Well, um, uh, Cauldron Pool started a few years ago. Um, My stuff, I linked up with Ben about uh, in 2018, so... um, I came out of the 2017 same-sex marriage debate, uh, giving my opinions on that and sort of developed from there. Um, as far as my involvement in politics goes, and, and um, that sort of stems from my work at Kurong as a store manager, I, I interacted with a lot of people over a 12 year period. And um, that showed me a lot about different kinds of personalities the different kinds of uh, beliefs and ideologies that are out there, particularly in how ideologies Um, are taking over theology in the church and how the churches are surrounding theology to the ideology, particularly leftism. Um, And I saw that in uh, 2007 with Kevin 07, the hashtag movement, uh, you know, that was just, that blew me away, especially when I was watching the ABC. And I think my my passion, that really triggered my passion uh, at that point to just move on uh, into the area and and show a lot more interest because of um, what I saw was, Fake media, fake fake news. There was this collective narrative, um, uh, call it an organised myth, if you like, um, about the Iraq War, for example, um, which is backed up by Melanie Phillips in her book uh, Upside Down, World Turned Upside Down. Um, so yeah, I, I went from there and it got to the point where I just sort of I needed to move on from Karong. So I, I did a degree in ministry and theology through Chibak Tabor Adelaide, uh, which was awesome, and then um, sort of focused on political theology. Found my my gem, if you like and um went into that uh from there did a, a minor in church leadership and and uh, been homeschooled for a little bit and still am doing that as well as working with ben and Cauldron pool and making sure we do that and uh yeah so i, th- I think Cauldron pool uh like good source um with what dave is doing we're trying to uh, be a better alternative and not just um be a better alternative but be be uh the better alternative uh, that's yeah. out there i think and and there's there's obstacles to that because you end up sort of overlapping sometimes and then there's some competition that comes in. And I think that's one of the challenges for a lot of the uprising conservative voices in Australia. And um, as Dave pointed out, I think that the uh, the level of attention Australians have for politics has always been very low um, and their tolerance level for, for garbage. I think uh, if it's not Hollywood, there's a lot of garbage that come from Hollywood and a lot of people put up with that, um but it's more tolerated than garbage from politicians i think probably because it it affects their lives in a more more deep way um you know we, we're more about sport and, uh, than we are religion or politics in this country and you know it's very hard to engage with people in a conversation that uh, and so i think the college and i, I guess um, the good source now uh um, add to that and and encourage that as much as possible and i mean i can't really improve on what they said about the theology aspect theological aspects of of conservatives in the media and especially Christian conservatives. Um, but I think there's a real place for that voice, and um, it's one that, that is necessary and, and should be welcome at the table of, of ideas because I think that the Bible itself is an objective word spoken to humanity as far as the revelation that we have from God in there, and that confronts us in our reality, confronts us in our, our sickness, our suffering, it's a word of hope, a word of salvation, a word of peace, a word of restoration, and a word of liberation. And I think that uh, you know, when you have these competing narratives that are all around the place, it's it's comforting to have this one word that's spoken and you can you can go to it and understand that it's a, a revelation from God. It's not it's not coming from human imagination um, or ideas or, or again, ideology, it's it's something that can can uh, conflict with it or, or, or even make you feel uncomfortable. So, you know, I think that's one of the things about sermons, good sermons will will rock you. It'll, it won't make you feel comfortable. And and that's the that's confront, confrontation uh, with the truth. And then we talk about fake news. We talk about truth. I mean, uh, you know, we, we've got to have some point where we go, okay, move on from this idea that so, truth is subjective and, uh, you know, get into that, back into the reality of things, you know. Um, I teach my kids a lot that today's spectrum of thought, could call a chair a dolphin and you've got to you've got to agree with that person that chair is a dolphin right mm. and, and affirm him in that belief and then one of my sons said um well, let's throw it in the river and see if it swims and it's testing that that theory i guess you can have that belief let's test it see if, see if it, it works but you can't throw it in the river the chair because you know it's it's offensive and intolerant and you would be locked up and fined and cancelled and all that stuff you know so as far as critical thought goes and and um that I think Colgan Pool and and the Good Source are, are great alternatives, and uh, they're up and running and, and rising stars in that 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 way, you know. Um, yeah, so that's that's where I'm at with those things, and I think we need to test test the garbage, filter out the silly, and keep a hold of the sacred, you know.
0: Yeah, well, I might bring you both back in to the uh, to the video. Thank you very much, Maestro uh, Dave. Um, and uh, what we didn't get to was uh, was names. Um, why the good source, Dave? Just quickly, and then we'll get into the meat.
1: Um, it was actually uh, James McPherson's son's ideas. Um, believe it or not, uh, it was something something close to that. Anyway, he's um, one of so your
0: contributors. I should yeah, say so he's that...
1: he's one of the the contributors. So I think I, I passed the hat around for good ideas uh, as we were getting ready to launch, and it was just. Uh, talking to a few folks and as, um, yeah, just saying, you know, let's uh, come up with some good names. Um, and we we're after, here's what we didn't want we didn't want something that was exclusive of nations outside Australia. Um, uh-huh. And we wanted something that um, didn't take itself too seriously either. Mm. Um, had a yeah. bit of, there's it, a bit of Aussie larrikinism reflected in, I guess, the the pun. Um, you know, the good source is is a bit of a colloquialism for um, good information, good fun, good times. Something that's, uh, yeah, help help me out if I'm not using the right um, no, no, synonyms there. But
0: you've, you've got it
1: good. Um, and and then obviously, uh, source you know, spelt with a different spelling with an ou instead of an au is uh, other way around is. Well, no, it's the source of news and information, so we uh, are we are playing a pun on on that you know we yeah, want yeah. to you know we want to be a source that is good. Um, and so one of the things that we clearly do um is differentiate between opinion and news on the good source. um and we just call it that uh, opinion will be categorized as opinion. and just about all of our videos uh, and yeah. podcasts are opinion. <laughs>
0: And so it's quite quirky. So is Cauldron Pool, and uh, there's a reason for asking this line of questioning. What, what why, uh, why Cauldron Pool, Rod?
2: You'd have to ask Ben for a deeper answer for that. But <laughs> basically, it comes from Chronicles of Narnia, and it reflects yeah. uh, a rent reflects Aslan. Aslan being the the um, obviously the representation of Christ in the Narnia series, and truth, and how that truth is something we, we can grab a hold of and it'll always be sort of a, a flawed reflection we can see that that, that it's like a signpost pointing to um, what is to come and the hope we have in that so it's, it's never a joyless engagement with the culture in that respect so uh, that's that's Cauldron Pool to me and I think mm. um you know it, it, it's kind of an edgy title and it's unique and it stands out so
0: yeah, it is great. So, um, uh, firstly, just uh, before we go on, I just want to say good day to Trevor and Lindsay and uh, Pam uh, and all of our listeners who are uh, joining in. If you want to ask a, uh, a live question uh, or make a live comment, you can, and uh, we might flick that up on the screen and talk about it. But uh, I noticed I- that, um, yeah, yeah. Go ahead.
1: I, I actually like um, Pam's note here that um, a lot of the encouragement and and good information that she's getting is from US friends, um, and that's that's yeah. why it's really important to support Australian voices like Cauldron Pool and the Good Source um, is because there's a there's actually a lot of money in the United States for media and ministry, and uh, nobody does that for money in Australia. It's,
0: yeah, it's, <laughs> um, everyone's it's, operating it, off an oily rag, I guess. Mm. It,
1: it's very hard to. Um, to support a family on on this kind of thing so yeah get um get behind them
0: and um you know it's interesting rod you said before that the way that you're uh, well you you pointed out a truism and that is that uh most aussies you know couldn't care less about politics they're more interested in uh, sport or uh you know the latest trends um but uh, i noticed that with both of the sites here, the Good Source and Cauldron Pool, there's a degree of irreverence uh, in terms of how we're dealing with um, some of these hot button issues. Uh, uh, you find that 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 engages more Aussies. Uh, no?
2: uh, Rod? I, th- I think Sorry. that I think that it's it's hard. It's a hard line to walk. I mean, you don't want to be tabloidy, um, and, and headlines are you know an industry that you've got to be really careful with um, because, as I say a lot in comments, m- the amount of people who read the headline and not the, the actual article itself can be really frustrating and you need to remind people just, hey, go and read the article, don't just comment on the headline. Um, it's it's shoddy kind of intellectual responses that like that, that that make the work a little bit more frustrating and a little bit harder because then you've got to spend a lot more effort trying to encourage people to actually go and read what you've written rather mm. than um, just subjectively respond to the the headline i don't know where dave stands on that but
0: yeah that's that's one sort of obstacle yeah um well i'll just now get into the meat of the issue i I guess that the need for sites like yours really does come down to the fact that we have such uh, just like in the u.s we've got such (coughs) a fake fake news mainstream media and uh i don't use that term lightly um mm. in the last decade uh, i have just seen reports uh l- last decade i've been in politics uh you know i was actually elected 10 years ago uh yes uh yeah Basically, today, today's a Saturday, so 10 years ago today. So Happy 10 anniversary. Years in politics. Thank you Congratulations. very much. Yeah, well, um, uh, that or commiserations, one of the two, because over that decade, <laughs> I've seen uh, just so much fake news. I, yeah. I, I could go through a list of different articles where um, what has been purported to be the truth has been anything but um and this is what we get from you're a uh,
1: classic uh, target for fake news george um, oh well
0: not not just me and i don't want to go into uh no you know, i know but fake news but, regarding what, myself but but I'm it's a really good example general.
1: of of how uh, um and and okay let's not talk about you uh one of the uh, one of the classic examples of fake news that i love it's like it's like straight to the pool room. Reasons why we exist um, posted on on the Good Source support request for support page, and and that's an actual screenshot from CNN, where the headline is um, uh, President has two scoops of ice cream. Uh, <laughs> this is the tape, and yeah. and see, they would say it's not fake news because uh, it actually happened. It's it's true. It's accurate. Um, and I would say it is fake news because it's not fair, it's not balanced. Mm-hmm. Um, and what you've done is you've taken an event at the White House and you've uh, ignored all of the content, all of the substance, all of everybody who was present, all of the policy, uh, and you've isolated on the single thing you could find that suited your narrative, orange man, bad, very bad, orange man. Um and that was that President Trump had two scoops of ice cream when everybody else uh, had one, as per the menu. Yeah. Um,
0: well, look, that, that, it's, that's just, still... it's just
1: ridiculous. It's unreliable. It if you're listening to a news outlet like that, you're not getting what happened.
0: Yeah. And, look, it still definitely is um, fake news. I mean, they set the narrative. They pick and choose... Which are going to be the issues of the day? Uh, this doesn't come from the public; it comes from editorial rooms in uh, right. major media outlets across the country. Uh, um, and it's just interesting, um, you know. Uh, uh, let me say something very controversial, unlike myself. If there was a mass, if there was a mass shooting in Australia, we'd probably have the media react and talk about how we need uh, more gun control. Uh, what we, what we. Whoa! Who's got the truck running past the house? <laughs> what we Was, what we wasn't me. <laughs> what we wouldn't get, what we wouldn't get, is a discussion on uh, capital punishment, and both would be legitimate outcomes of such an incident, uh, legitimate topics to talk about. Um, but we'd only get one from the mainstream media, I can guarantee it. Yeah. Uh, and, and therefore it would only be one public discussion going on. So that's what you're talking about. I'm also saying, I'm going to double down here and just say, I've seen fake news from the very beginning of my political career, which was actually not in federal politics, but in local government. I can remember uh, when I was on Mackay Regional Council and, um, Uh, Mackay City Council, actually, going back uh, almost 16 years, 15, 16 years ago, uh, when uh, there was a land claim by a local Indigenous group over uh, nearly all of Mackay, and uh, I uh, made some statements on it. I said that uh, I thought that it was uh, a waste of time and energy uh, on behalf of the local Indigenous um, community, and that really uh, what needed to be focused on was uh, more educational opportunities, more employment opportunities for particularly young Indigenous people. And uh, that is what I would be focused on and that is what I thought the uh, local Indigenous leaders should be focused on. The ABC wrote up a report on that and the way that they styled my comments, which were almost verbatim what I just said, was that uh, Mr Christensen said uh, that they shouldn't focus on land rights uh but uh on getting a job and getting educated <laughs> i thought unbelievable um you know so you could say that indeed that was true um yeah no, uh, fake news but i am got to say it's fake news that's yep. not what i said and there uh, this happens to conservatives over and over and over again there are no, very it's, very it's
1: probably fair to say fake news is is wild Possibly technically accurate or not, it's bad faith reporting.
0: Yeah, indeed, indeed, and and we know where it stems from. And I'll bring you into it, Rod, in a second. But we know where it stems from. I mean, there was a survey done of newsrooms across the country and and, and journalists uh, mm. in terms of their political leanings. And I think it it turned out something like the vast majority of them supported Labor and the second party that they supported. Was the Greens and it was like Mm an overwhelming. Uh, I can't remember the figures, but eighty. It was something like, I
1: think it was something like three or four times population average Greens supporting.
0: So we wonder why we got a problem. And I went through uh, journalism. Uh, I I studied that at uh, at university. Uh, Indoctrination camp. uh, Yeah, well, actually, uh, it wasn't so much because we had some pretty good lecturers. Uh, One of them, though, was uh, Labor to the bootstraps, but he did not uh, bring that across in his. Good on his him. Um, lectures, so that was pretty good. Uh, and I find those ones that are actually open and honest about it normally don't, but I went to Central Queensland University, which is a regional area, conservative sort of place, so you probably weren't going to get that. Uh, but i got to mm. say that uh, in the sociology lectures, sadly, that I wasted my time on doing, um, the uh, the first lecture that we had for political sociology, the lecture actually, this is 1996, just after the election, where Howard had a thumping win, asked the class... Uh, uh, who here voted for the coalition in the last election? Well, everyone sort of looked nervously at each other, and I thought, bugger it, I'm going to put up my hand. So I did, and then one guy saw me, and he put up his hand, and others sort of, <laughs> sort of, you know, uh, their hands were twitching, but they decided not to do it. Uh, and the lecturer said, <laughs> lecturer, lecturer looked around the room, and he said, okay, uh, two. He said, uh, well, I think that we can iron that out by the end of this uh, series of lectures. <laughs> Yeah, uh, uh, you know, and, and, and it's was, much worse nowadays. Was, so there's indoctrination. Yeah. But Rod, you were gonna you were gonna add something before on the issue of fake news. Go ahead. Yeah, but I, I
2: think it's the, the fact that half truths sell. I mean, yeah. half truths are a great grab, a grab for propaganda. And um, I mean, there's propaganda everywhere, but there's good and bad propaganda. You know, there's um, the manipulative kind, which I think is is dangerous, and it's almost an opiate. And when you, yeah. you you have this kind of thing where um, it was, uh, even good news is bad news. So for look at Donald Trump, for example. He, he brokered that deal with U- UAE and Israel. Uh, mm-hmm. That's good news, but it's being reported as bad news by omission, basically. So that I think that the fake news, not only are some things manufactured, but they're you know, definitely um, created to steer the image or the stigma a certain way um it'd come back to sort of why i think quadruple and and um, good source are important is if you look at um white nationalism for example i I don't see that as a, a refuge but there's a lot of white young people out there especially young men who are angry and frustrated and they're going to be sucked into that ideology if there's no counterbalance to the left's uh i would say the left's fake news in trying to create an enemy in order to Justify legitimacy for their platform. You see that in the Democratic uh, convention. It's just a hate convention, really. Oh, it's yeah. a whole clown show. And mm. you see that the, <laughs> there's no policy at all. It's just anti Trump this, anti Trump that. Well, you know, it's it, what it looks like to me anyway. And I've seen this. Orange
0: man like, bad.
2: Yeah, what I said on Facebook was like, it's more like um, a mockery of the people than a, a gathering of public servants keen to serve the people.
0: Mm. Yeah, Well, there's a great degree of Trump derangement syndrome that has infected uh, the US media to the point of I've never seen anything like it. And, um, you know, unfortunately, uh, what it does lead to is uh, Trump doubling down on um, on some of the, uh, uh, you know, on, on his commentary. And, you um, uh, I think that that inflames the situation. Um, brick Clark's got a nice uh, little comment there. You might wake up on the screen, Dave. Uh, <laughs> uh, there you go. Um, and I'm sure that there's a way that you can actually, uh, uh support both, uh, uh pa- both, um, uh, Dave's good source and Cauldron form, Pool, uh, Cauldron pool and, uh, and the good source and, uh, uh you've also have you also got a website pello talk which is your particular program or is it all filtered through the yeah the i've good all source? I've all
1: rolled it into good source now
0: okay okay and that was the um, germination for uh for the good source was your program pillow talk which still goes on uh also got the uh subtitle not Q&A so uh it's a great show what what when does that come on dave
1: so that's live tuesday nights and um actually uh rod may just have been the the the, the best panelist we've ever had um on oh, uh, <laughs> <laughs> uh we need to get you back rod um so that was uh that was uh yeah um that was oh that was a few months ago now um yeah. we've we've done um i think oh 21 episodes or so uh, and i've been doing pello talk for a long time but pello talk live uh, hashtag Not Q and A has has been um, yeah going for twenty twenty one weeks now, mm. and um, the the goal with that is really just to have a conversation that really is uh, a a salve, a healing balm after the the aberration of journalism um, proposed by ABC the night before on <laughs> uh, on uh, Not Q and
0: A. You're listening to. Conservative one. Well, um, yes, and uh, I would say to people that uh, you should stay off um, uh, the ABC on Q&A night, um, uh, otherwise you end up doing your television damage. Um, I do. <laughs> That's why uh, I had to stop buying new television, so I had to stop watching it. Um now, Rod, I've I've noticed uh, you've got a gallery there of uh, quite eclectic personalities on your wall. Uh, I do actually. One of yeah. them, yep. one of them is a bit of a hero of mine, and that's uh, G.K. Chesterton. I noticed it uh, up yeah. in the uh, top left corner of the screen that viewers will be looking at, and this just shows you I've got a uh, a book here, um, the universe uh, according to G.K. Chesterton. So. Um, uh and interestingly it's it's got all of gk's um you know those who don't know gk Chesterton, he was a a writer a journalist an author um i i say i guess he wouldn't call himself a journalist he would call himself an essayist um he uh was in england he um lived around uh the turn of last century um uh, he was uh lecturing in Oxford in 1914. So this is sort of the uh, era we're talking about. And he writes in, in well, this is a series of, of definitions, a dictionary of mad, mundane, and metaphysical, according to G.K. Chesterton. And journalism, this is what he says. Journalism, his definition is writing badly, writing badly on an enormous scale, the art of doing dull things in a hurry, a machine for multiplying and magnifying one small thing indefinitely, the Art of Pretending to Know. And he describes a journalist as one who is vastly ignorant about many things, but who writes and talks about them all, a person who understands nothing except how to write about everything he does not understand. Uh, he goes on to describe um, uh, the the uh, newspapers as a loud and regular organ by which our civilization daily proclaims that it has nothing to say and the newspaper press is a machine for destroying the public memory. So uh, we can see uh, that as the world turns, um, uh, as time goes on, uh, nothing's new under the sun. Uh, there seems to have been a degree of, 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 of problems and uh, bias in the media for quite, quite a long time. But I think that as we've gone down the trajectory that civilization has taken, uh, we've seen that speed up and just become so much more intense uh what do you think about gk's comments there rod
2: i think he's right i think it reflects what um uh british actor late british actor um christopher lee said there's a actually really cool youtube video if you can check it out christopher lee and the media he said that uh look the internet and the media if they can think can't think of something to do they'll invent it he was (laughs) commenting on um uh, someone asked him about his involvement in black magic and you know he was 70s dracula i think so you know, he, was, he, he did have an interest in that that black magic area. But he said, someone said that apparently the, that he had, like, libraries of books on it. Um, and he said he's probably got five and dismissed <laughs> the, the, you know, it's just, again, fake news and this, this whole gossip kind of magazine trend that we're seeing in the mass media. And it's um, it's, it's what I, I've written about called uh, Organised Myth uh, based on what Jacques Ellul says in his book, Propaganda, which is an excellent book if you can read it, if you want to read it. Um, it's for free on archive.org too. So,
0: just tell us the name of that book again.
2: It's called Propaganda by Jacques Ellul. He's a, a French um, philosopher, theologian. He uh, he was actually a, it's at one point a Marxist as well. So, uh, he's he's got a real deep understanding of the left and how the left thinks, especially I think today in its its uh, cult of leftism. Um, I mean, there's a lot, I know there's some people on the left, I know some, and I've, I've engaged with them, and one of them is my friend. I would consider one or two of my, to be my friends. Um, you know, they've been sort of thrown left and, and to the extreme, and they've kind of come back to the centre a little bit. And, um, you know, it, it just seems to be there's a, an identity crisis on the left, I think, and uh, 2016 really, I, I, I guess, I, I usually say it's not Donald Trump's election, it's Hillary Clinton's loss because that's really the issue. It, it's actually lost the election that triggers so much of this emotion and so much of this hate for Donald Trump. You know, if he, he doesn't win in November, you, you'll probably see them cozy up to him again and he'll be back on TV screens and doing something somewhere. Um, and it'll be a love again for Donald Trump, you know. So it's, again, it's this kind of manufactured hate, it's manufactured narrative. And as I said before, um, the importance of Cauldron Pool and, and Good sources is... is to provide um, an antidote, I guess, for um, for stuff like white nationalism um, and I guess ethnocentrism, things like that, that that have have a real grounding in in a toxic kind of yeah mix of 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 things. And I think uh, Fraser Anning was unfairly treated to some because of his aligned, you know, people aligned him with that, especially the media. Um, a good example of of the the egging he got because. He was called a white nationalist and the word he used solution in the speech he gave in the Senate. I mean, that was that was made up and, and loaded with Holocaust um denial stuff and and it just it was poor form for the media to do that. But you're talking about a media who since um the Iraq war has been essentially working together in how they get their story straight. I mean Melanie Phillips said this, and it was really, really important to note this. She actually pinpoints, probably the first that I've read anyway, who pinpoints the um, the arrival of fake media or fake news and that was the we went to Iraq the you know on, on a lie we went to war in Iraq on a lie yeah and it, she makes a really good point about that citing um people who have claimed that Saddam had weapons of mass destruction we don't want to read that debate but it, it, there was a collective narrative and then right up to 2007 in Australia you see this used against John Howard to wear him down and yeah, I mean, work choices was a big thing. Of course, there was a hubris in the LNP at that time, um, and they just probably got a little bit too cocky, a little bit too comfortable. Did um, you just saw this? I just don't understand. If it was, Donald Trump is, is so popular. Everybody's loving Donald Trump um, in 2016, and it's, it's, it's Kevin o'seven all over again, but it's okay. It was okay back then because it was Labor left, but not with Donald Trump. They're populist um, leaders like Kevin, Kevin Rudd, for example. He's still trying to be that way. If you saw him on Twitter this week, for example, um, he's still trying to lead from behind. And uh, instead of being, uh, I guess, proactive and, and he's, he's trying to ride the wave of, of sentiment that's coming through the media. And again, again, that organised myth that uh, that is, is agreed upon. So Black Lives Matter is another example. Um, the media reluctantly reported on the, the the murder of Canon Um and then they were called out by the conservative media, and then they 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 go and report on it, like Washington Post, "Democracy Dies in Darkness." Go and report on it just because they've been triggered to have to do that, and then half the article is an attack on conservative media for t- calling the the, the left mm-hmm. media out. I, you know, again, it's like um, one st- one rule for those who wish to rule us, and another for.
0: Those who, who wish to, they wish to rule. Me. Yeah, yeah. Get right, Rod. Um, well, look, uh, I think that, as I said before, the trajectory of decline in journalism and political bias in journalism has really, really sped up in recent times. Um, particularly, uh, I think Trump derangement syndrome, as I said before, has been fanning the flames for the last uh, four years. Um, but um, it, this also stems from what we know to be uh, the long march through the institutions. Uh, I touched on that before yeah. saying universities. I'm sure that most uh, young people that go to university to study journalism don't have so much of uh, a leftist bias before they get there, but they certainly do by the time they get out. Um, and what has happened uh, with i guess so many different sources available for uh australians to choose from uh, and and people all over the world to choose from in terms of uh, the internet the advent of smart tvs and the link up you can do with youtube and social media and other platforms on your smart tvs or your devices which most people are probably getting their news from right now their smartphones um what we've had is is Niche has been carved out and the mainstream media have gone after this. So, uh, for instance, um, uh, the U.S. things are, are pretty hyper over there, but uh, CNN is basically a- an anti-Trump network. Uh, that's that's their niche. Um, they style themselves as pretty much the opposition. So there is no way that you could get non-biased news reporting uh, from CNN. Um you know, there, there are examples of that in Australia. Uh, look at the ABC. Uh, look at largely the Fairfax Press. Look at The Guardian. Um, these are organisations which are avowedly leftists. So it, it, it taints... Uh, it, the ABC might not say it's avowedly leftist, but, um, again, I point to those surveys, and uh, uh, I can tell you what, the ABC would have skewed those results in that survey. So they... Um, They certainly are leftist, and it taints their news reporting. And what we've seen more so from the mainstream media is uh, a fusing of commentary with news. Uh, Once upon a time, you would, uh, uh, you know, uh, when you heard the commentary, you knew it was commentary. I dare you now even go to a News Limited uh, source, um, news.com.au. So everyone says News limited's conservative. Go and have a look at news.com.au, their biggest online platform, and tell me yeah. if that is conservative. Um, no, you, you, you will find that it's not. And uh, what you will find is that news reporting on that site is completely and utterly infused with commentary. Uh, We are not just getting straight news. When I went, I I, I studied journalism, as I said. An introduction to journalism, 1A, I can recall, as journalists, we were instructed to do this. You write a news story. You write for uh, someone of of moderate sort of intelligence uh, because you want to get something that might be deeply complex, explainable, to someone who doesn't want to sift through all of the detail, but you've got to get it right. So it boils down to this, the who, what, when, where, and why. And if you want to go on, talk about the how after. Uh, you know, we we, we were called just the facts, ma'am, just the facts. You want to do opinion? Then get into feature writing. And that's a very different thing. Uh, and as it is with broadcast. now. They're fused, and there's more of ability for complete and utter bias to slip in, and that's what we're seeing. So, um, yeah, it's uh, and a lot of the stuff that we're seeing out there is low rent, low rent stuff. I mean, uh, you know, uh, the media often commentating on themselves, which is just uh, look at insiders, for instance. I mean, what more of a pathetic show could you get than old hacks sitting around on a couch? talking to each other about what old hacks are interested in I mean I I, I I do not watch that show I do not watch it um you know it is as boring as the proverbial so um anyway that's my rant uh, <laughs>
2: to, to, be fair, to be fair to be fair to the ABC we I mean, they have called out Gavin Menzies as 1421 which the book that claims that China discovered Australia in how you know that's been supported by the Chinese government that hey, you know, we did the kind of thing, it's been proven kind of thing, but they did call that out as garbage. And you know, the ABC has some good stuff, um, yeah, they well, do do some good things, but you know, the I mean, they, clock
0: they, is right twice a day, so uh, well, you know, yeah, I, that's I, right, that's I, right, I right. I don't give them much credence, man. I don't give them much credence, no, 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 no but
2: you gotta give credit where credit's due, so.
1: I've got some friends who are ABC journalists, and I actually sometimes feel bad, like I wouldn't want them to think I was maligning them, because, you know, and fair enough, they're probably not on TV or print the radio, but um, yeah,
0: I have friends that are in radio too, regional radio, and
1: and like I, there are some, like let and let's me be fair. Um, there are some of them who are incredibly balanced and hide their prejudices very well, and I know their prejudices. Um, and and you but know they, what? It, some of them, some of them that I'm talking about, um, actually would be fairly centred, um, not yeah. too far left or right of. of uh,
0: they have to hide their prejudices. They have to hide it. Well, that, that's if, the theory. If they're from the conser- if they're <laughs> they not the do conservative. It very well in general. If they're from oh, the yeah. conservative okay, side point. of the ledger, they have to hide it. Let me yeah. tell you that in all of the complaints that I've ever heard about the ABC, the only um, time that I've ever personally been involved and seen uh, a complaint upheld about media bias on the ABC was when I was interviewed by a regional radio reporter about the Adani project. And the A. Someone put in a complaint from an environmental group, and what they said was, basically, you didn't ask enough negative questions about it, and so therefore that was bias, that the reporter did not ask me enough negative questions didn't about the and project. Didn't try hang you hard enough. Um, you know, so 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 that is what the ABC was would consider bias. Yeah,
1: and, that journal, and that their, journalist got um, in trouble. And they're led by the nose by such political pressure from the masters of of uh, rules for radicals, which are the, uh, you know, ultra-red communists. Um, oh, sorry, I mean environmentalists. Um, so that was a real Freudian slip. I didn't mean that as a pun at all. Yeah, <laughs> yeah. Ultra-red environmentalists, they're not green, but uh, yeah, they I, are. I certainly did intend to imply they were communists and then just accidentally said it. Um, and and yeah, they absolutely are. They're they're no. the worst of Marxists who are anti nation, anti family, uh, mm. anti religion, and anti capitalism. Um, they're the worst. Uh, and yeah. and for uh, the national broadcaster to be led by the nose by their kind of complaints is indictable.
0: Now, yeah, Nicole Thomas has put up a few comments here uh, about the ABC in particular. I'm uh, I'm amenable to this. Um, to this line of arguments. <laughs> uh, I gotta say uh, let me let me be completely and utterly honest here to Nicol and all of the other listeners who uh, um, and viewers who you know have this view about the ABC being privatized or defunded. Uh, I would love it. you would love it. There's many other conservatives around the country that would love it. The problem is that uh, it just would not if I went and did a poll of the Australian populace, I know, I know already the result would be no, that people don't want the ABC
1: mm.
0: privatized or indeed probably defunded. Um, having said that, most people still don't watch the ABC. The people who would say, no, I don't want to do it, most of them would hardly turn it on. Um, and and uh, there is going to come a point in time eventually uh, where this will have to be looked at just like it would be ridiculous for the government to go out and say we're going to buy or start a public newspaper, uh, there is no reason right now why we have a public television channel.
2: So true. Um,
0: th- there is no reason uh, why we have a public radio station uh, nationally. There mm. is reasons why we would have local radio stations. I can understand that uh, for the local news content. But... Um, you know, yep. the, the old objective of promoting Australian culture, Australian drama, Australian arts, uh, Australian news and views, uh, there is a simple, simple answer to that, that you beef up the requirements that you put into um, the free-to-air contracts. I mean, th- there is no right that Channel 7, Channel 9, uh, Channel 10 uh, or WIN uh, and all, all the others have... To just stream free to air um they actually have to fulfill obligations so beef up the obligations to ensure that all of that is happening through all of the other channels and then we could save a whole heap of money and uh and end the bias uh i'm going to say that the, the the bias in the abc look other channels and other outfits are biased i named before um mm-hmm. Uh, for instance, um, organs such as uh, the Sydney Morning Herald and the Age and the Fairfax Media and uh, uh, they're biased. I mean, the Guardian they're biased. Oh yeah. Issue issue with them is they don't use my money to do it. Exactly. You know, exactly right. You know, I, I I I couldn't care if Cauldron Pool suddenly was overrun by the green. Well, I could actually, but I was if if you guys were green left, you're not using my money. Um, yep. uh, but the ABC. Or if they are, you
1: can turn it off. yeah and and this is the beauty of the internet uh, of of the democratization of media. Uh, and and I think this is certainly my message is you can't defund the ABC, but the question is what can you do? Uh, and the the answer is you can put your hand in your pocket, flick ten bucks a month to cauldron Pool, there you go. flick ten bucks a month. To the good source, flick ten bucks a month to uh, Spectator or, or whatever other free market solution is out there. You can't make the enemy smaller, but you can make your allies bigger. I
0: will tell you what, perhaps we could get the government to uh, uh, make donations to new media outlets, oh, tax deductible. Um, that might be uh, an interesting. As long uh, as, idea. as there's no
1: strings attached. Uh, You know what, I I think I'm actually going to be idealistic. I think I say this consistently with churches as well. Don't take government money. Don't take government benefits. Don't take government incentives. Let's be completely independent from them. Freedom of separation of church and state means the government stays out of our business. It means the government stays out of our business. And so the same goes with separation of media and state. Let them stay out of our business. We will absolutely hold their feet to the fire without fear when we've got nothing invested in their goodwill. Um, I just I, this, this is how democracy works best, is when the voters uh, and the media have a big stick and a big carrot. Do good, we will love you. Do bad, we will tell the world and we will hold you to account and we will fire you and hire somebody better.
0: Simple democracy. Well, well, let me get to... That includes the
1: member for Dawson.
0: Yeah, yeah. Well, let me get to the final uh, question that I want to ask before we wrap up. Um, Now, there were proposals uh, under the Gillard government. I think there were proposals in the UK that um, I'm not sure whether they were adopted, actually. But what it was about was media regulation or press regulation. Um, You know, it was all trying to drive a dagger at uh, Rupert Murdoch because, um, of course, uh, there can only be bias in the media one way. If there isn't even a a scintilla of bias in the other direction, then, you know, it's wrong. So uh, governments were acting at that stage to try and do something about what they perceived to be conservative bias in uh, the Murdoch Press News Limited or News Corp Press, um, I was vehemently against it. Uh, there are some people, though, who have said in recent times on the conservative side of the ledger that the absolute nut of bias in the media, including in big tech companies like uh, some that we're streaming on at the moment, um, you know that, that inherent bias has got to be actually sorted out because they are too big and ugly now to be able to just, um, you know, be trusted to do that on their own. Uh, What do you think about these proposals? I could probably guess yours. I'll start with Dave.
1: Can you ask that question again just in five seconds? Well,
0: well, well, what I'm saying is is that uh, big tech companies, big news media, completely and utterly biased, there is growing calls for some form of regulation to ensure that they're not. Government-imposed mandate to ensure that they're not. What do you think about that?
1: Idealistically, I think private corporation, private property. Um, But, uh, you know, my honest answer is I'm probably torn, conflicted and don't really know that I could take a dogmatic position one way or the other. Mm. I'm certainly... Sympathetic to the um, free market uh, argument, leave them alone mm. and let the market come up with something better. Mm. Um, but then I, I also don't know that I've got a good argument against um, the the monopoly laws, um, mm. and I think I think cartel laws. I think that you know they're getting awfully close to it, mm. um, to a point that it's yeah. So. I I'm entertaining arguments um, yeah. open open to debate on that um, again I'm uh, my underlying principle is uh, I champion the free market um, yeah. and I don't think the free market is perfect um, but I think it's the best bad system we've got um, yeah. so acknowledging that it has flaws uh, acknowledges that there is scope for minimal regulation um, in in probably the truest, reason for government's existence um yeah. where that line actually is, is is i think something that's highly debatable and, and a very worthy discussion
0: yeah. rod
2: i think you've got to get to the root cause of the
1: problem i don't think that government regulation is
2: going to be um useful i mean it's you get to the level of education let's let's look at public schooling and curriculum uh, let's look at critical theory and that let's look at intersectionality the all the stuff that's being taught that really is loading kids up with guilt and, and suspicion, a culture of suspicion and things like that. We start there, you, you're going to have these issues sort of iron out in the future and they're going to move into, uh, you know, these organisations and change the culture of them and change the ethos of them and bring back a, center, a balance, if you like. Um, and in my opinion, the only, the only antidote to fake news, the only antidote to bullying by the media or from the media through uh, manufactured narratives or, or half-truths, is dialogue. There's so much monologue, um, but the dialogue, we're really gonna come back to that that conversational aspect and, and sit around the table and try and discuss it. As you mentioned, insiders is, is, is more like an echo chamber in some respects, um, it it's not about dialogue. You, you can compare that to outsiders on Sky News, for example, and you, you've got guys they will have every, anybody on pretty much. And um, that's sometimes like a critic criticised for even doing that, whereas insiders seems to be like a, um, a clicky group, you know, an elitist kind of bubble. Uh, I often say it that is, the left the left, hands exist in this uh, sinless bubble. It creates for itself a sense of self-righteous um, positioning so that you, you criticise that, you're criticising Christ, you're criticising um, sanctity or or the yeah. church in some respect, you know, um, and that's reflected in Christian theology, which says that all have sinned and, and all have fallen short of the glory of God. We can come back to that level and, and, and rest on that and come back to that understanding. Look, we're all on the sort of same level, I guess, in, in this respect. And and we gotta get back to dialogue and engaging in this you know, marketplace of ideas. And as I said, to I don't think government regulation because you know what, you guys are in power right now, but Labour could be next. You know, and, and government regulation on media, what's government regulation that's going to hit Cauldron Pool or good or, you know, yeah. source? So it, it's a two edged sword. And, and I agree with Dave. It's kind of a, well, you know, I'm not really sure about that. Um, but I, I, my opinion is we've got to get to the, the source at the bottom of things, and that is deal with the curriculum, deal with the education. Yeah. Um, what's being taught that, as, as people have called out many times, cultural Marxism moving through the, the, the public schooling system. Um, the us-versus-them mentality that they're being taught to to hate the the colour of their skin because they're white and they have European heritage, Um, this kind of toxicity has got to be addressed. When you address that uh, from the the ground level and you start to bring dialogue back in and and balance uh, instead of a politics of grievance, and that's one of the things I think we see exhibited by the Democratic Conference this week and even in debates about Australia Day is this politics of grievance that... Um, education is being built upon and, and the self-hatred that's being built instilled in, in instilling kids, especially, I think, kids with white melanin, um, it's, it's going to backfire big time and it's either the left creating and manufacturing an enemy to stay legitimate um, or it's this naive thought that, based on the intellectual sectionality you know, spectrum, mm. that there really is this oppression everywhere and we've got to look under every rock for it. And,
0: yeah. and to be there, you know? Well, um, we're almost reaching the hour, so uh, I will wrap up here on this discussion on media bias and also new media, alternative media. Uh, could I just ask um, both uh, Dave and Rod to quickly give a plug to where people can uh, go to support uh, your websites, your news platforms? Uh, Dave, we'll start with you.
1: Thanks, George. Uh, Yeah, so to become a supporter of The Good Source, to subscribe to email updates, to find all of our most recent videos, podcasts, and news and opinion articles, head to goodsource.news. That's S-A-U-C-E, goodsource.news. And uh, to make donations, add forward slash support uh, on the end of that. Um, So goodsource.news.
0: And Pam's O'Sullivan, I see. Dave has also asked for a physical address. Is there a physical address that you uh, have to people so can donate? Uh,
1: I don't think it's on the website. Our mailing address, uh, but uh, Pam, if you just shoot us an email through or message through any of the online channels—Twitter, uh, Facebook, Instagram, YouTube, email, website—we'll um, definitely respond to you personally with a postal address. Um, okay. Thank great. you very much.
0: Great. Uh, Rod, how can people um, go on and see and support the, uh, uh, the Cauldron Pool?
2: Oh, well, we're on Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, and uh, the website's cauldronpool.com. And there are support links on there that people can go to to um, vote us up.
0: Yeah, great. And uh, are you on the new medium called Parlor?
2: We are, yes. Also, Parlor. That's all right, yes.
0: And I noticed the good source is also on Parlor, as am I. I've got to say I haven't got into it as much as what I uh, thought. It's hard I might, to use, it, isn't it? It, it, it? They do need to improve it a little bit, but yeah. uh, it's still it's a good start to have uh, uh, a very been, unfiltered been, sort um, of page. I,
1: I, I've been on there for well over a year, um, and they haven't improved very quickly. Um, I, I think we're crying out for it. I just conservatives would. I mean anybody right of Maozi Tung would, would flock to parlay <laughs> if it just uh, if it just got a little bit more user-friendly. Um, am
0: I am I saying it wrong, am I? Not parla. <laughs>
1: yeah, they I don't know why they chose a French word that nobody would read phonetically the way it's said, but um, yeah, it, it's it's from the old word shall we parlay, which means to mm. talk.
0: Yeah, BitChute is also one that's uh, Mm. up and coming as an alternative to uh, YouTube, but we won't say that because I think we're live streaming to YouTube. But anyway, um, all all right. (laughs) uh disavow uh i don't want my show <laughs> cancelled uh, okay <laughs> I think, thanks very much yeah, i think note? you're allowed
1: to criticize youtube you're just not allowed to criticize hillary or abortion uh,
0: yeah right yeah well um <laughs> thank you very much ladies and gentlemen for this the uh first live streamed edition of conservative one the podcast defending tradition and freedom it's been great to have uh, dave Pello from the good source and Rod Lampert from Cauldron Pool with us. Thanks very much, guys.
1: Thank you. Thanks, Matt. Bye. We will decide who
2: comes to this country and the circumstances in which they come.
0: We'll preserve for our children this, the last best hope of man on earth, or we'll sentence them to take the last step into a thousand years of darkness. You've been listening to the Conservative One Podcast with George Christensen.